Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Mixtag. It's your man, Jared Watson here. I'm alongside the wrestling encyclopedia and the three-time Indian leg wrestling champion, Keith White. And Keith, we are missing somebody today, but how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm looking forward to the interview we have later on. I didn't mean to spoil that right off the bat, but I am excited. But I am bummed out. Uh, Tanae could not make it today. Um, the always entertaining Tanae Purnell. She is actually an essential worker, so she was not able to join us for this episode, which I know she's bummed about. And we're bummed about missing her, but we will soldier on as we always do. Absolutely. Tanae, we miss you. We love you. And we're glad you're back full time. Um, but yeah, Keith, we're going to get right into some information here on Mixtag. It's going to be an interesting episode. We have an interview set uh, later on for you guys in a couple minutes. I'll, I'll give you some hints uh, near the end of what we're about to talk about, about who that could be. Uh, but first, we want to give you guys a little bit of uh, news about what's happening uh, with us. Um, we are actually joining a podcasting network and it's going to be called the podcastic network it's going to be a group of podcasts coming together trying to build our fan bases um it's in the works it's about a month or two away uh we have some details right now we're going to be giving you some more information down the line uh but it's going to be an exciting thing for us opportunity for us to get involved with other shows uh, it's going to be a variety of shows. We're going to have wrestling. We're going to have football, sports, uh, cooking, maybe even. Uh, so it's it's going to be interesting. Um, and one of the podcasts that we're going to uh, join up with is one called Three Bros Sports. Three Bros Sports, they're a friend of ours. Uh, they, they're from Sussex County, like we are, uh, recording and everything. And um, yeah, we're, we're just excited um, about this opportunity. We're going to give you more information as it comes to us. But we are joining the podcastic network and i hope you all would tune into that once we get everything situated now in light of this news and information and the joining of our shows uh us and three bros sports we have a special interview for you guys this week you might have known him and seen him from nfl.com and nfl network he's an analyst there and keith i'm gonna leave it at that and just let it happen and let them be surprised about who our guest was this week. So guys, here is our special interview for this week. Hope you enjoy it. everybody we are back here on mixed tag and we promised you a great interview later in this episode and we have him here he is an nfl.com writer nfl network analyst insider he works a lot with nfl fantasy live ladies and gentlemen mr adam rank is with us today adam how are we doing today man oh jared who's the great interview i can't can i hang out for that one because i know that once we're done you probably, well, you probably have a bigger guest coming on james, james palmer's coming on later everybody <laughs> that's right well adam we are so pleased keith and i are so pleased to have you here on mixtag about to talk some a little bit of football but we're here to talk about some wrestling too but adam let's get right into it so you told us off air that you were born in chicago but we want to know what life was like growing up in california so tell us a little bit about that well it was it was pretty cool you know because the one thing that my parents did not want me to go through because they're both lifelong well, sort of lifelong Illinois residents. They didn't want me in the snow. 
So we grew up. So of course I grew up in Southern California. I've been out here since kindergarten and all the teams that I root for, I'm an angels fan. I like the Lakers. I like the Kings. And it just seems weird because you're like, Oh, you're a bears fan. How does that happen? But it happened to a whole generation of California kids who with no Rams, no Raiders, some, the kids who like the Raiders still stuck with the Raiders. The kids who like the Rams are like, yeah, whatever. We're not, we're not rooting for a team in St. Louis, especially like my, my father would not have allowed me to be in a house where we are rooting for a team from St. Louis. That just wasn't going to happen. So eventually, you know, I tried to, you know, I liked certain players. Like I liked Troy Aikman when he was at UCLA and I like going to Charger games and everything like that. But eventually, you know, the, the family wears you down. You're like, fine, I'll support the Bears. And so, yeah, it was pretty cool. And so, you know, like everybody, I grew up in a town that's outside. Like, if you know where Disneyland is, it's it's a it's a bordering city to Anaheim. And so everybody's like, what did you do out there? You're like, I, I'm a little kid. Like, we're not going to bars or anything. Like, when you're a kid, you just want a field to play in. You want some neighbors, and then you go after it. And that's pretty much what we did. Yeah, Adam, really quickly before I let Keith go on to his first question, um, is it true that you participated in a sixth grade writing festival? <laughs> and in your essay, you wrote, please, Mr. Davis, keep your stinking Raiders in Oakland. Is that true? Yeah, that's pretty accurate. There was... There was a lot of sentiment because they would move. Yeah, they had moved down. They were in the process of moving down or whatever it is, whatever. I was not a Raiders fan because, like I said, I grew up in a town next to Anaheim, which meant I was going to be a Rams fan. So I didn't want it. I didn't want that Raiders. I didn't want Raider fans because, you know, we were split like as a, as a, as a school you know, they, the kids were split Rams and Raiders and he had some cowboy fans and some other whoever was good back at the time. But yes, I was I was vehemently Viet, I can't even say that word. I was drastically opposed to the Raiders. And, you know, it's funny, you know, and a lot of people will ask questions like that. Like a lot of my writing, even as a youngster, was about sports. You know, it is about, you know, I was talking about the Raiders. I was harping on Rod Carew's lack of. RBI, like any of that stuff was always something that I always uh, had a passion for and wrote about. So yes, I, I did that. And you know, you, if your teacher's a sports fan, you're, you're doing well. And if not, then you're going to probably not do, you know, as well. No, no, you won't. Um, not at all. Especially if they, if they hate sports, <laughs> then you're really messed up. Um, yeah. So I'm just curious, you know, Jared and I are both, uh, you know, communications, degree nerds and we were wondering like for you obviously loving sports but what led you to your career did you go the journalism route did you go communications like talk to us about you know how that kind of came about yeah eventually i got there it, it took a little bit because in my family my dad navy guy right he actually joined when he was 17 was ready to go and so nobody in my family including my two older sisters had never gone to college so that was predestined for me. Like I was their last shot. They're like, you have to go to college. And as a youngster who loves sports, I also love stand-up comedy and I love Saturday night live. And I had gotten it into my head. Like, you know, I just want to go out and do comedy. So I'm cool. And my parents are like, that is not happening. You are going to college. You will figure it out. And of course, so I enrolled at Cal state Fullerton was a business major because if you don't know anything about school, like what's the one major you're going to pick? Like, I'm going to be a business. I'll just do that. You know what? Whatever. It's like the default. It's the default setting that comes with your college application. Like you're going to be a business major and that's what you're going to do. And so I went through one year and did not enjoy it. 
And then I was talking to one of my friend's mothers, who was an educator here in Corona. And, you know, she we were talking about school and I'm like, I don't like it. Like my least favorite classes are like the econ classes and every like I can't get it. I don't understand it. Like it doesn't appeal to me. And she, you know, knowing a little bit about my background, she's like, why aren't you in, in journalism? Like you were an ace writer. Your English teachers loved you. Like, why did you, why can't you just be a journalism major and write for a living? And I'm like, I didn't know you could do that. That's a thing. Like, who knew? Like, I, what? This is amazing. Like, I can go study to be on television. Like, I didn't even know that was possible because there was a, there was a, a radio station that was being proposed at Cal State Fullerton. And I'm like, who would run that? And they're like, the communications majors, you idiot. Like, who do you think would run? It? I'm like, how do I get into it? I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. Of course, my parents, not quite like when you're trying to explain to a, a Navy vet that you're like, no, 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 I'm going to go into the arts. They're like, oh, that very support. Like, of course, you're, that's what you're going to do. Like, no, because like my sister, my middle sister had gone. She had moved to New York and she's in television and things like that. So it's she also, you know, he. I was it. They're like, please don't do this. Like pick a real major. I'm like, no, like I could be a sports writer. I could do this. And so you get into it, you do the school paper, you know, you start covering Cal State Fullerton had a, had a pretty amazing baseball team. Although that's not the beat you walk into apparently. Cause that's what I thought. Like, Hey, I want to cover baseball. And the sports editor's like, yeah, no, no kidding. Idiot. Like that's what everybody wants to do. You get the women's soccer program which was amazing because it had just started and the coach was awesome. And the coach always wanted to talk to you. Like, it was great. Like you, like a lot of times you get to coaches who are like, like if you're covering, like if you're working for the Alabama student newspaper, like Nick Saban doesn't want to see like Nick Saban's not giving you time. But when you're a first year women's soccer coach at Cal state Fullerton, they'll do whatever. Like they'll take you to dinner. They'll do whatever. And it was awesome. So I started getting that. I started in, I, I started writing, for high school sports, covering it for the LA Times. They would send you out to these high school football games. They give you 50 bucks to go to a high school football game, keep the stats, and then you go in and you write a six-inch story, and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, hey, uh, Toby Gearhart rushed for eight touchdowns as Norco High defeated the Tustin Tillers 56-7 to at Norco High School on Friday night. You know, like that bait, like, it's a template. It's like a Mad Lib that you're filling out. And so doing that, and then eventually – you know, you got to, you know, find an internship at school. I got an intern. I'm, this is the longest story, by the way. I apologize yeah, to everybody good, that's man. already, everybody's already clicked out. Like, <laughs> does this guy still talking about college? Like, come on. Hey, Jared, Jared's in college. Our, our demographic is, you know, the 18 to 39. And yeah, that's why I'm trying not to cuss. <laughs> Although I don't know if that makes me more relatable or whatever, but I, but I'm sitting, but like, this is like, like how these things work is I got an internship with NFL publishing. And I did that and it was awesome. Like how, what, what is a better college internship than that? So I did that. And then the following year I applied again because they apparently enjoyed me. So I did that. I did a, I did an internship with a Dodgers minor league team. The only time the, if you ever go back, there's a certain period of my life where you'll see photos of me in a Dodgers hat. And it was because I was working. So I, I, I was a sellout. Like what you're paying me. Yeah. I'll throw that Dodger LA hat on. And the minute they fired or the, the minute the internship was over fired, I don't know, however you want to phrase it, uh, that, that hat went in the trash. Adam, you're a whore. Never you're to, a whore. We get it. You're a whore. Never to be seen. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what right now, if the, if the Packers came up and said, we'll give you a million dollars to, you know, do podcasts for our team, I'd be like, Aaron Rodgers is the greatest. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Hell I, yes. I'm, I'm joking, Jared. I would never do that. There's no amount of money. 
that will ever get me to do that. But I was doing these inter doing these internships, and I I cannot recommend this enough. Like I and luckily these were paid internships. The the Dodgers one was barely paid, but like the NFL was like the like for a college kid, you're like I'm making eight bucks an hour, like I'm rich. So you do that for three years, and every year, every at the end of every summer, you know, there'd be a little send-off. They'd be like, hey, thanks for working. You know, we appreciate everything you've done. Here's some swag, and uh, we'll see you maybe next year. You're like, cool. So I was doing that, and then at the end of the third one, I had finally graduated, and I was at a tavern in Newport Beach, a place called Cassidy's, which I know nobody's ever heard of or whatever, but if, if you're ever in Southern California and bars are open, go to, go see Cassidy's because – at one of those bar stools, I had made the bold decision to, I told my friend, I said, you know what? Like there was not a send off and my supervisor is going on vacation for two weeks. So I'm going to show up tomorrow and see what happens. And either they're going to be like, Oh bro, your internship's over and I will be escorted out of the building or who knows, maybe I'll get two more weeks of uh, being paid eight bucks an hour, which was great money by the, by the way. And so I went and did that and showed up for two weeks. And then Chuck Garrity returned from his vacation and was kind of puzzled to see me sitting there. And he's like, what are you doing? And somehow over the course of two weeks, I had gotten involved in a trading card production, a production of a trading card set, like Ron Mix was doing a trading card thing and I was doing research for it. I said, oh yeah, we got this, uh, Peterson's got me on this, uh, got me on this uh, trading card set for Ron Mix. And uh, we're just, you know, I'm looking up all these stats and quotes, and he's like, okay, cool. And he just walked off. I'm like, oh, okay, crisis averted. And then a couple of months later, he shows up with a post-it note, and he goes, oh, by the way, he's like, it's ridiculous that you're still an intern, so we're just going to hire you full-time. Boom. And I'm like, this is amazing. And so uh, then I just never left. And so, Jared, my one piece of advice I will give to anybody who's a, a, a person trying to make it into the business is to just not go away. Like, just refuse to go away and you see it too like you go through and like if you're on instagram and you'll see and there's tons of fantasy football accounts posting memes posting content and doing things like that and i'll go back you know and i'll follow some of them and whatever try to help out where i can you go and you look at some of those accounts they haven't posted since 2016 so that that man or woman has given up and then there's people you check in on you're like oh they're still posting content they're still grinding Cool, because the only way you're ever going to survive doing podcasts, social media, anything like that is to just not go away. There's not going to be an overwhelming demand. Like if you stop posting, people just move on. They'll find something else. So you got to stay in front of their face as much as possible. And that is the one thing that I think that I did. I don't think that I'm extremely talented. I don't think that there's anything I do well other than refusing to leave. Yeah, Adam, uh, I appreciate that advice. And Keith, you wanted to mention something really quickly before we move on, right? Yeah, I was just curious, you know, with the NFL, you know, you guys got the network going on, and, you know, obviously they, for some reason, you know, they allow you to be on TV, right? Um, <laughs> Who knows? I, I, I still, I, I, I don't know why all the time, but yes. Well, you know, so with, with that being said, you know, I'm a big fan of the network. I, I love good morning football. So I was just curious, like they seem to always be having a blast. And I just want to know, like, you know, is that, is that true to life? Like, are they really enjoying themselves as much as, as it seems? Because it looks like a show, you know, that I'm like every day, I'm like, this is fantastic. You know, even, even quarantine, they still have a good time. So like, you know, what, what, what can you tell me about the dynamic of the network? 
Well, let me ask you the question. Do you prefer the weekend version with Colleen Wolf and Michael Robinson and me, Mike Garofolo as well? Or do you like the weekday one? I mean, Keith? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I know, I know what you're saying. Let me, let, me say, let me say this. I had the opportunity a couple of years ago to go out when it was the first season of, of Good Morning Football, went out to New York. It was awesome because it was in the CBS broadcasting building there on 58th Street, the one where they do the CBS morning show. Like you had to walk, you walk by that window. And I'm like, oh my God, that's that show is going on right here. And so you you went to the building and I had known Kay, and she's awesome. She's she's as awesome off screen as she is on screen. There's nothing like it's all real. Like she is a genuine great person. Same with Colleen Wolf, who hosts the weekend edition. Both of them great people. Nate Burleson had lived and worked in LA. And I remember talking to him a little bit before he took this opportunity. Not that he was worried about, not that he cared about my opinion, but I remember him mentioning it one time and I, I knew he was, he was going to take it anyways, but I'm like, bro, like you would be the dumbest guy to not take this opportunity. Sure. I know it sucks that you've got to move, you know, you're finally rooted in California. He had moved around a lot because he's from Canada, I believe. So I know, but like me, I'm like, not that he, not that I had any impact and I, I think zero impact. And as a matter of fact, I ended up taking his locker when he moved. Like when he, when he, I, that's what I really was trying to do, trying to get him to leave so I could get his locker. Cause I was, I, you know, I had a couple of boxes in a corner. I'm like, I need a real locker. And so I actually did take over his locker. And he is the cool, like he is a super cool guy. Michael Robinson is an awesome person as well. And then going on to that set, I had never met Kyle Brandt. I had been a fan of his since the real world when he was doing the scary stories in Grand Park and everything like that. And he's awesome. Like I clicked with him immediately. Like you're like, hey, you know, we got like kind of the same sense of humor. Sure. We get like a lot of the same references. His his wrestling is not as up to date as I would like it to be, but that's okay. We can work with that. And Peter never, never had met him and he was awesome. And going on to a show like that where, you don't know, like they're, they could have been not, not that they're mean, but like at some point you're the fantasy person coming on to talk about this stuff. They're going to be like, okay, just go, just do your, do your thing and then beat it. But they were super cool. They were as welcoming as could be. And it was a lot of fun. And, and, and none of that, none of that is BS. Like it is cool. I've never, you know, what's funny is like I, with all the shows that I've been on, there's never like from my limited perspective, like a group, that was so supportive of each other. That was just so cool. Like I went to go cut off Kyle at one point and Nate just looked at me and he goes, Rank, we don't do that on this show. And I said, I'm so sorry. I'm so used to doing that. So I apologize. And it was great. So that, that show is fantastic. And it's, I love it. And again, even during quarantine and watching Kyle with his fake, fake uh, fireplace over his shoulder <laughs> and everything still great. Yes. So yeah, it, as you see, it is, what you would imagine. So that's, that's a real thing. That's the real deal. I would tell you too. I don't, I'm not afraid. Ask me, ask me who I don't like. Who don't you like? Who are you like? I'm not, I can't, I can't <laughs> say that. That's not fair. No, but it's like, no, but no, I, look, I'm very fortunate because we just had a town hall where we got together on zoom, of course, and just looking around and seeing like so many great and talented people. I'm always in awe, especially, and it's not just the former players. Like, it's cool, like LaDainian Tomlinson. You're like, oh, like, why am I friends with LaDainian Tomlinson now? And then, because incidentally, now his locker is next to mine. And it's so crazy that you walk in to a locker room and you just see, like, 
and this is my walk into the locker room strut, is you walk in, you see LaDainian Thomas, and you're like, what's up, man? And one time I was smiling, and he's like, what are you so happy about? And I said, listen, I'm happy because I am the greatest parallel parker in the world. <laughs> Which he just thought, was like, what? I'm like, no, like, listen, I know, like, people do three-point turns. I do two-point turns, bro. Like, I'm the best. And he's like, he's like, wait, he's like, do you drive an automatic? And I'm like, of course I do. And he's just started laughing and he's roasting me. And he's talking about this truck he has back in Texas that has a column shifter, like the stick shifts on the steering, like crazy. It just sounds nuts. So he challenged me and I'm like, why, how is this my life right now? Like how is LaDainian Tomlinson challenging me to parallel parking? So I'm very fortunate. I understand that every day that I walk into that building or I come onto the laptop and look into this camera, I am very, I, I realize I'm very fortunate and everybody is super cool and supportive. So I couldn't be happier. Yeah. Yeah. Adam. And now that we know how you got into football and the NFL and the NFL network, we want to know how you got into wrestling. Cause we know we we're a wrestling pod. We love football, but we are a wrestling podcast. So just tell us a little bit how you got into wrestling. Were you a kid? Where did, did you come on later? Just tell us a little bit about your history with wrestling. Was I, did I spend too much time talking about the football? And people are like, get to the wrestling. Why are you in? No, I love I love wrestling. It was always one of my passions. Like, in addition to sports, I guess, I think it's part of the sports atmosphere, stratosphere, or whatever. I think it's, it's part of sports to me. And in addition to, like, Saturday, like, I never wanted, although I knew I was never going to be a wrestler. Like, I knew I was never going to be that big. And, you know, I'm kind of a, a weakling anyway. So it's like, yeah, you know, but I always enjoyed it. And it was always one of my favorite things. And I always kind of appreciated it for what it was. And as a little kid growing up watching Saturday night's main event, there would be there would be like the Saturday morning show that would come on your local TV where there was KTLA Channel 5 or KTTV LA Channel 11. Yeah, I think it was Channel 11. And then I remember one time when I was, I think one of my first memories, like being a real little kid, is when King Kong Bundy splashed Hulk Hogan. And it's like, and you're still a child and you're a super mark and you don't under like, they're like, yeah, we don't know if he's going to make it to Saturday night's main event. Or no, it had happened on Saturday night's main event. And they're like, oh, you got to watch this. You know, this is, this is crazy. And so I remember, and, you know, luckily my mom always kind of let me stay up to watch Saturday Night Live, even as like a seven year old, which is, I'm sure super appropriate. <laughs> I, I was, uh, I was like, Oh my gosh, like a mom, we, we got to watch this. Like, this is crazy. And so, uh, cause my dad was a, was an early to bed person. So I only had to, I only had to win over my mother cause he was already in bed. Like it was going to be no big deal. And she's like, well, you know, Saturday night lives on. So I'm like, Oh, you're right. Like that's cool. But Saturday night's main event preempted it. So, yeah, so I got it. So I was just worked up, and I, I don't think I slept that night. I'm like, I can't go to, like, Hulk Hogan is, like, he's hurt. Like, this is bad. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah, so that was, uh, that you know, and I was just kind of into it. I was hooked. I remember, you know, my dad drove me down for WrestleMania. What was it? WrestleMania 4? Was that the one with the tournament with Andre the Giant? Yes. If I remember correctly. Yeah, so they would have these these closed like the, uh, you would go to a convention center, you'd go to the Anaheim convention center and they had a big, like a movie screen up and you would go in and watch it. And I remember my dad driving me and my two buddies and we're just sitting there like Brutus beefcake was fighting the honky tonk man. And you know, we're 
Honky's got him in the in the sleeper hole, and I'm like, get to the rope, like little Mark kid, just like get to the ropes, man. What are you doing? And unfortunately, he lost that day. And I, I don't know if I ever really truly recovered from that, but it was great. And the Macho Man, who we had kind of started to, uh, you know, you're starting to grow up a little bit, and you're like, I don't know if I'm into Hulk Hogan that much. The Macho Man's got this beautiful lady with him. Like, I kind of like this guy a little bit more. And so, yeah, so ever since then, you know, I was always I was always fixed. I was always into it, you know, and when, when Raw started, you know, that was always a big thing. And it was cool being on the on the um, on the West Coast here is that you would be able to watch Monday Night Football at 6 p.m. And then Raw started right after it was perfect. And so you had to, you know, sometimes you had to, you know, hey, like, I know I got school tomorrow, but. You know, like this is Ric Flair against Mr. Perfect. Like everybody's going to be talking about it tomorrow. I got to see this, you know? And so, yeah. So it just, it's always been, it's always been kind of a part of my life. Always something that I've enjoyed and gotten into. And there's times where you're more into it than you're not, but yeah, I've just, it's just something that's been a lifelong passion of mine. Again, are these answers too long? I feel like I'm rambling. Like, it's terrible when I can see, because normally I'm on a radio, like I'm on a phone, and I can't see how disappointed the person is on the other end of the line, but I can see it, especially in Jared's face. He's just kind of like, oh, Rank, come on, wrap it, this it, up. That, that's just my reaction to your Bears <laughs> items in the background. <laughs> <Of there. course. laughs> Jared's, Jared's got this. He's at WrestleMania 4? There's 30 more of these. Here's the thing, Adam. We, we call Keith the wrestling encyclopedia because he knows all this information oh, cool. about wrestling. It's it's unbelievable. Um, yeah, it's funny. What The face you're seeing for Jared is actually he's trying not to vomit <laughs> from seeing all the Bears gear behind you. It is. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, you're good, man. And this is actually like this. I mean, the listeners know we record this on video, but this is not going to be a, a video Dang it! It's all audio. Uh, I'm wearing this awesome Jericho shirt. I mean, look, I'm gonna get no love. For yeah, that. look at that. See, this is when we need a YouTube. Yeah, we channel. do. I mean, that's, this, a, that's, a sick, when... that's a sick. Here's what we're gonna do. Next time we have you, we'll we'll have the video component up, and we'll get you, awesome. we'll get you situated on that because that is a sick shirt. Um, speaking of Jericho, just real quick off the top, how underrated is he? Like, oh know, my god. Um, you know, uh, he's just like he's he should be. I mean, he's. He just doesn't eat. He's fine wine, right? He comes up, he reinvents himself. He does all kinds of stuff to stay, you know, relevant and just he's killer. Um, yeah. You know what? That it, it's so true. And, it, and it's not to knock anybody, but I mean, obviously Hulk Hogan had his run as Hollywood Hogan. And that was amazing. And that was one of the most, I, I, I love, everybody loves that era. Like that was and uh, Jared might be too young to remember that, but that was just going to school the next day and talking about like, I can't believe Sting did that. And there was always one wise ass kid who had the internet in his house, which I know seems weird today to talk about. Like right. what people didn't have the internet. Like, yeah, dude, we didn't, not, not everybody had an internet and we'd be like, no, there was a guy named Cobra. That's not sting. And you're like, okay, th first of all, thanks for ruining it for me. So <laughs> I realize I'm a supermarket, but whatever. Thanks for being that kid. And so, but it was, it was huge, but, but Hulk Hogan had that run, but still when he shows up at any sort of comic con or anything like, well, he probably shouldn't, but when he does wrestle fest or anything like that, like he's red and gold Hulk Hogan, right? I love Stone Cold Steve Austin. I really do. I love the show that he does on USA where he had Sal Van Belcano with him and he was driving him around and doing a bunch of cool stuff. But if he shows up at an event, 
he's going to drink some beers and do his thing. Even The Rock, who I absolutely love. I watch San Andreas is one of my favorite movies. I He's going to come in and do his catchphrases. If you know, if you smell The Rock is cooking, he's going to go through it all. And, it, and you love it. And I'm not bagging on them at all. But with Jericho, if he show like what what is he? Is he gonna be Lion Tamer? Is he gonna be Y2J? Like everything, as you said, constantly changing, constantly evolving, and wearing the bandana now or whatever he's doing, like having the the bat. I forgot the name of the bat already. Henry or whatever. I but but like everything is always new, and you know, and as stupid as this will come off, knowing doing what I do you know, I've been on fantasy live for a number of years now is that I kind of take a nod. I kind of follow what Jericho does. And like every year I always want to do something different. I always want to do something that's that we haven't done before and like move forward instead of always going back to like, well, we've done this every year. Like, well, then we shouldn't do it anymore. Let's, let's do something new. Let's try something out. And, you know, I'm limited. I don't have hair. I'm bald. So there's really not too much. I could shave my beard, but I think that would traumatize my my small children. So, but like always just having something that changes, you know, just trying to change it up a little bit. So I think that not only as a wrestler who he's an ace wrestler, like he's always been amazing, but just as an entertainer, like how he's able to keep it fresh and to keep moving. And I'm talking about like, this just doesn't pertain to wrestling. This goes for the entire entertainment field. Like he's not a, like, you got to think of him, these guys as actors, who are typecast, like, oh, you're always going to be this person. But Jericho is something completely different seemingly every year, and you have to admire him for that. Yeah, and that kind of brings me up. I was wondering, like, because we love what he's doing now, and we just want to know, like, what's your uh, what's your thoughts on the current landscape of wrestling? You know, like you and I, you and I are older fans compared to Jared. Jared, Jared's yeah. like Jared. Jared loves the list from Jericho. Like he because yeah. he's he's watched the network. So like Jared's actually gone back and enjoyed the things that you and I enjoyed, you know, in real time. Um, but like, what's your thoughts on the current landscape of wrestling? I don't believe that outside of the Monday Night Wars, which is always probably Keith going to have something special for us. Mm-hmm. Like that is always, we're, we're never the Attitude Era in that. Like you'll never, I don't know that you'll ever beat it because it was just right. a moment in time that probably can't be replicated because there's too much stuff going on now. You know what I'm saying? Like there's too many interests and everything. But right now, I outside of that, this is one of the best times to be a fan of wrestling uh, outside of not having fans in the building. Of course, that, that's so funny, Adam. I don't mean to interrupt, but we say that every episode almost it's the perfect yeah. time to be a wrestling fan. And it, it's true, Jared. And the one thing that you love is the, is the options and full disclosure. I'm friends with Eric young. And so now that he's with impact, I've now put impact as a, automatic record it was something i would follow along online i'm uh i'm uh friends listen to me be a name i know i'm dropping names it's like something (laughs) chris jericho once told me he said never name drop so i'm trying not to do that but i uh i would kind of you'd kind of keep up with it you're like okay who are the champions what's going on like okay but you knew with with all the contracts expiring we're like yeah we're buying slammiversary like we're gonna watch this show like there's no way we're not but suddenly I have impact going to be a record. I'm going to watch it every week. I actually watched it live on Tuesday. 
Wednesday nights. Now, I didn't do it this week because actually, because my, you know, I got small children. So sometimes these plans get blown up. But my Wednesday routine is watch AEW live. I watch the challenge after that because I'm still an MTV mark. And then I will catch up with NXT, if not on Thursday, then over the weekend, depending on what golf tournament's on. So I do that. And to be perfectly honest with you, I rarely, if ever, watch Raw or SmackDown. I still record. I think they still come up. They're automatic records. But I will. Re- I watch Total Bellas more than I watch Raw. Yes. So it's like, <laughs> but that's what that's where we're at, and that's where we at. Where we're at is as wrestling fans is that you know we have these great shows on. We have, you know, it, we have the Wednesday Night Wars, so to speak. We are, we have entertaining wrestling. And now with Impact really stepping up its game, and I think that, you know, a lot of people who've watched who've watched Impact re- before before Tuesday night were telling me like you should have been watching Impact all, all along because they've really done a nice job. So you got that going on, and before everything got you know with with the pandemic that is happening right now, we would go to Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, which mm-hmm. I'm not sure. You kind of hear bits of, you, if you watch Being the Elite, you'll catch pieces of that and things like that. And so, yeah, there were cool, like independent shows like that. I'm sure you have those out on the East coast as well. So there's a lot of cool, and we're not even talking new Japan like that, like right. evil just joined the bullet club like that. And again, like that is something that it kind of, you know, what full disclosure, once the elite left new Japan, I, kind of put that on the back burner. I didn't watch it as much, but now you're like, Oh my God, evil's part of the bullock. Like I gotta watch this and see. So there's really so many options. And if a company is not putting out storylines or enter or, or stuff that you find entertaining, you're like, well, fine. Like there's plenty of other options. So I will find something that is better. Right. What is your favorite? What are your guys' favorite shows right now? It's got to be AEW, man. Yeah, we're huge AEW fans okay. right now. We really are. Um, they're just- I even I even said last night uh, we were talking and we have a group chat going. Uh, I was ranking every promotion pretty much right now, and I put AEW first, and then I even put Impact second over yeah. WWE. It's just gotten to that point. Keith and I have talked about it uh, on on air. It's just not what it used to be. It, it's just the product's totally different right now. And I think a lot of Eric's comments from the other day where he was talking about the creative division and everything coming down to Vince and everybody. And it's, it's so striking. And especially now, cause I'm worried. I, I get worried more and more about NXT, but if you look at NXT from a couple of years ago, when it was just Hunter's thing that Vince probably never heard of, mm-hmm. it was so awesome. And I think one of the keys to it, and Eric is the one or no, I think Jim Ross mentioned this the other day is that NXT would bring in these guys and they wouldn't act like you had never seen them before. Right. Like Adam Cole shows up and you're like, Oh, we can, we can remember Adam Cole from the bullet club. And it's hilarious. Or you're thinking about Britt Baker yelling at the young bucks for killing their boyfriend, but like, it's cool. Like they don't, they don't have to acknowledge that he's dead in kayfabe in that multiverse, but we can pretend like, Oh, it's, it's Adam Cole. This is a big deal. Or even when EC3 showed up in the crowd at one of their events, like, this is a big deal. Like, we we can acknowledge. And they were bringing in New Japan stars, you know, like when they had a show at the Palladium. You know, they were bringing in guys from New Japan, and you're like, I can't believe I am seeing these guys up close. And that part of it was cool. It's more inclusive. And I, it's funny because Dave Penzer, 
who is a former WCW ring announcer who's now working for Impact, we were texting the other night, and he's like, hey, because he knows, like, you know, with the NFL, Cody was in, Cody and Brandy were in our fantasy league last year, and obviously Tony oh, wow. owns Tony owns the, the whole thing. So he's like, hey, can you can you give us a little bit? Of, he's like, I know, like, I, I don't think Cody would be mad or, or Jericho watch Slammiversary. I'm like, those guys, but you understand. He knows his butt because he's, like, best friends with Jericho. And I'm like, you know better than anybody. Like, Tony and those guys in AEW are not going to pretend that Impact doesn't exist. Right. Like, watch. I even told him, I go, go watch the, the most recent episode of Being the Elite. Like the good brothers are on that. Like, that's amazing. That's what we want. And I think eventually what we would love to see, and I don't know how the, we say this as fans, but eventually I would love to see a super card where it's AEW versus impact. Who wouldn't watch that? That would be amazing. I, we would come down to like, who's going to lose to who. And those are always kind of the questions, but they figured it out before. And I think, you know, for the fans, we're getting well ahead of ourselves here, but like, that's the part of it that I like. And that is one of the things that makes the WWE kind of a turnoff. And if they're not careful, they're going to do that to NXT as well. And they've really got to watch themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, Adam. It's, it's like you said earlier, it's the perfect time to be a wrestling fan. Um, but really quickly, the last big question we want to ask you before our last segment of the interview, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Vince McMahon and the XFL what is your opinion of him starting it up not only once but twice and both times kind of going under well first of all i love that you were like quickly like like i have i given a quick answer at all <laughs> Jeez, louise i feel bad i again i'm going to apologize to everybody who's still sticking through this interview I mean, don't, like, don't feel bad they probably, they probably fast forward forwarded and they're like this guy's still talking like good god like whatever but the xfl as a wrestling fan, when they started the first time, I went to XFL games at the Coliseum. I was at the million-dollar million game. I was there when Tommy Maddox led the LA Extreme to the one and only XFL championship. So I have a, I have a huge affinity for the, the XFL. I thought it was great. I thought that the current version was going to work as well because it was it was doing, it was doing well. And if it wasn't for the shutdown with the global pandemic, right. The XFL would have succeeded. And I think that you would have seen a lot more buy-in from the media. People were entertaining or were entertained by it. And there is a desire for a developmental football league because people love football. It's never, it's never going to rival the NFL. And I think that's, that's one of the things that was Vince's first big misstep when he launched the XFL the first time is that if he would have just started it as a spring league that, Hey, you know what? You might end up finding some guys who will end up playing Sundays in the fall. It's going to be fun. We're going to do some kitschy rules like the camera angle, that camera that hangs above the stadium. That's an XFL invention. Yes, yes it is. So there was some, there was some innovation there that the scrum for the kickoff was never going to happen, but you thought of alternative ways to try to add more competition. And eventually the NFL would have picked, I think they had two point conversions before the NFL did as well. So there, there is, there is room for that. And I think that Vince's hubris got the best of them the first time. If he would have just presented it as, Hey, look, we still love football as much as you. 
let's keep going because once March Madness is over, if you don't like baseball, this will be something that you can watch. And I think that there's a market and there's an appetite for it. And sports, even back in that day, was one of the few few places that revenue that advertisers could go to that they knew would lock in a key demographic. So he he got he he ruined him. Vince screwed Vince the first time around. <laughs> Unfortunately, the pandemic screwed him the second time around. And honestly, I wouldn't rule it out in the future. And I think that there were some club owners who were looking at it and thinking, you know what, this is something that we should should buy into. And you think about Fox having SmackDown on their air. Fox was probably going to would probably be interested in that at some point. I know that Colin Cowherd always make made the example too, where he was talking about like how he wished he could buy an XFL team because he, he thinks it's going to work. And when we get back to a place in our lives where we can have sports and we can have fans in the stands, there is going to be an appetite once again for a, for a football league that runs. I would, I would, again, I would love to see it kick off after March madness, after the baseball season gets started. Like opening day baseball, give them two weeks because then after that point, like only the, only the diehards like me are still going to be, you know, like are super into baseball. So go out and do it and just play it. And then there will be there will be an appetite for it. So I wouldn't be surprised if it comes back. I think he was on the right track this time. And it's unfortunate that the circumstances of the world we live in happened because that really was the biggest thing. Yeah, you're right. Yep, I, I, I totally agree. I think maybe we could see the XFL make a return soon, maybe after this pandemic is hopefully over with sooner rather than later. Adam, you have made it through the major questions, but we have a segment on oh, our no. show for every person who comes through and interviews with us. We have a segment called The 10 Count, where we give you 10 rapid-fire yes-or-no questions, uh, opinion questions. Adam, are you ready for The 10 Count? I'm really not, but I'm going to give it a shot here. Just yes or no? Do I expand on these? Well, well the, y there's options, and you can give your opinions and whatnot. It, you, you'll see. It, it's pretty okay. easy, but it's rapid fire. You're going to be okay. able to expand on one of these, but the other ones we want yeah. you to be, like, real quick with it. Got it, got it, got it. All right, Adam. Adam Brank is going into the 10 count right now. All right, Adam, first question, in and out or fat burger? in and out all right, here's the next one. Who wins in a battle royal at the NFL.com writing staff? Dan Hansis. Okay. Favorite submission hold? Walls of Jericho. Good choice. Uh, what NFL coach would make the best heel manager? Bill Belichick. I was going to say, you didn't say Belichick that quickly. We, we all feel that I was, way. I, I was trying to think of a guy who would, who would actually be a good... I, you know what? I know this goes against the rules of the 10 count. It's okay. I jumped in. It's okay. Sean McVay, as a young guy who's kind of, uh, you know, kind of smug, where at first he comes off as a baby face, and then you're like, no, wait, I hate this guy. I think he's he the MJ, MJF of yeah, head coaches. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. All right. What was the greatest wrestling match you've ever seen, whether that be in live, uh, in person, TV, pay per view? Give us what you got. CM Punk defeating John Cena, money in the bank. And jumping in the crowd. And jumping yeah. in the crowd. I watched I watched the intro to that last night. Just I need I was gonna kill a few minutes and just wanted to watch the intro and watch that Chicago crowd. Sweet. Greatest match That's ever. Awesome. That's awesome. This one might take a little bit of uh, thought here, but question six is who is on your wrestling Mount Rushmore? 
The Rock, Stone Cold, Ric Flair, Chris Jericho. Nice. I'm not even going to put Hogan. You're, you've, no. I know that he was big for the business, but really, like, I think, Keith, because of our age, we think Hulk Hogan. But, like, if you're Jared's age, is Hulk Hogan that big to you? Nope. He's Mr. America. Yeah. <laughs> um, Am I good with that? I, I'm sure I know HBK, Bret Hart, but whatever. No, I, I feel pretty no, good. I'm good with my choices. You're good. You're good. Right, here's your, in your opinion. Here's an interesting one, Adam. Would The Rock have made it in the NFL if it not for injuries, if not for injuries? I don't believe so. He was the starter when he was at Miami and was quickly usurped by Warren Sapp. And I think that, you know, there Warren Sapp and those kind of players were just better than he was. No disrespect to The Rock. He was a good player, but. Right. All right. Next question. Question number eight. Packers or Ravens? No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. We all we all know your answer. Um, we so we know that you're an Archie Comics fan as a young man. Oh yeah. Uh, so here we go. Betty or Veronica? Oh, uh, you know what? It, I was a Veronica guy. I'm a I'm a brunette person, and I know that she's rich and snobby and everything. But I'm like, and I know that everybody Betty's like a cooler person. It seems like, but it's like, of course, I would be trying to date Veronica. <laughs> just because i like i like the nickname ronnie there you go and yeah. if we got married she'd be ronnie rank so hey there you go Solid. there you go all right adam aew or tna in their infancy which product is better aew i think aew does a nice job with their their pack their uh their production is the word i'm looking for like it's a it's a slickly produced show i i do know in a couple of the first episodes their cutaway shots to the crowd were like a little much. You're like, Ooh, their director needs to, and this is technical jargon that everybody doesn't care about, but sometimes they would cut away from a wrestler's facial expression and everything like that. But over the, over the course of the couple of weeks and everything, and eventually as they've gotten going really nice job now, and it's a great product. And I wish there were fans for all these guys who come into the crowd or return or whatever. So, but still they're doing a great job. I think that, TNA was cool, but I really like what AEW is doing because TNA really relied on WWE guys, but AEW is relying on people who got themselves over. Like the Young Bucks got themselves over. Adam Page got themselves over. Kenny Omega obviously was a huge star in Japan, but again, Cody and of course Jericho are the only guys who are you know, established like mainstream wrestling guys. And we're not, I mean, to the outside world. And so they've done a really nice job with that. Awesome. Awesome answer. Uh, you know, you're welcome on the show anytime. Oh my gosh. Uh, question number 10, last one here, and you can take your time with this one. Uh, or maybe you already know, should WWE have an off season? Why or why not? 100%. I would love to see that for them. And I would love to see that for the wrestlers. I know that the raw after WrestleMania is one of the coolest events, but the WWE found a way to ruin that by leaning into it too much, not letting the crowd just have one day where they could go out there and put Fandango over. And then the WWE picks up Fandango and ruins him. Like, oh, here is an organic moment that you guys can't find a way to build off of. But if you look at the WWE as a show, and then you could build storylines that culminate with matches at WrestleMania. I think that that 
you would probably need to be a little bit more. I mean, it's tough with injuries and you'd have to do book some stuff on the fly, but it would definitely benefit from having some time off, especially with all that. If you're going to make them still do, I mean, they're not doing house shows now, obviously, but making them do house shows and all that stuff. It used to be a lot of fun that WrestleMania was the like, oh, okay, cool. We got to that point. And for the, for the WCW was Starcade of just having that, let, let that moment breathe. And if the next night is, you know, teasing stuff that it, you could still have that cool night the following evening where fans could do whatever you could have matches that don't make any sense or whatever. And people could just get into it and you tease stuff for like, could you imagine and just whatever the, the current, current, you know, landscape is, and this is a hypothetical, but let's say you had WrestleMania and let's say Daniel Bryan won the title and was the champion. And the night after raw, or the, excuse me, the night after WrestleMania, you have a Raw. And you know that the show is going to be off the air until August or September or whatever it is. And right before that show goes off the air, they have a ceremony for Daniel Bryan. And five minutes before the end of the show, Cult of Personality hits. CM Punk comes out and says, I am going to challenge you. And they go back and forth. I'm the best in the world. No, I was the best in the world when I was you know, wrestling in a, the American Legion Hall in, in, in California. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. And then it's a bit, then you're waiting for that, you know, because the WWE would push that through and that storyline would be done before June. But you would have a whole summer or off-season to build that up that people are like, I can't believe this. This is going to be huge. You know, this is, people are going to talk about it. And I don't think people are going to, like, ignore it. I mean, the NFL finds a ways to be in the conversation and the national consciousness, even when there isn't, there aren't any games. The NFL draft is a huge deal and training camps and all that stuff. Like you can still have specials and you can still do stuff. Like you have reality TV shows like total Bellas and like Ms. And Mrs. Or anything like you can find ways to continue to put content out there. And I don't think that it's fair. I mean, why does psych, get to have, you know, a, a 12 episode season, but the WWE raw has to have 52 of them. It just doesn't, it just doesn't seem practical and it would make everything fresh and it would be a lot better, but you know what? I know there's money decisions that drive these kind of uh, the way the, the industry goes. So I don't know that we'll ever see an off season. Yeah. And being a public traded company also, there's a lot of pressures there. Um, that as but, well. you know, Jer Jared and I were talking about the idea of how fantastic would it be to just, you could, you could almost plug the network, but also give fantastic um, programming week to week on that little off season because they're doing it on FS1 or they were where, you know, I'm sitting there at 11 o'clock at night telling Jared, it's, you know, I'm like, man, I can't sleep. And here's WrestleMania's greatest ladder matches or, you know, like the WWE's greatest feuds. I'm like, well, now I'm staying up, you know, like, why can't they do that? And just put that on Fox or, or, or USA and still probably get fantastic ratings. Oh, for sure. And, and the fact that they allow what culture to kind of dominate them, I mean, they, they don't, what culture gets a lot of views on their videos but they can't use the footage like you can use the footage. How is this not a TV show? And so there is a lot of there's a lot of uh, meat left on the bone that they're they're leaving there. And so, yeah, I would love to see that as well.
Yep, it's something that's certainly been brought up not only by us, but around the wrestling world in general. And Adam Rank, you have survived hmm. the 10 count. That was awesome. Thank you so much for playing with us. Oh, um, yeah, that was cool. And thank you so much for coming on, Adam. This has been one of the coolest interviews we've done here Stop. on Next Tag. We really appreciate it. And like Keith said, you are welcome back anytime. You guys are really regretting this decision. I can tell. <laughs> you're like, oh, my God, this guy. No, you've, no, you've been great, to, Adam. You're, you're used to seeing me on, you know, NFL Fantasy Live or anything like that, where I speak in 90-second clips. But you give me an opportunity to sit here and ramble about wrestling, I'm going to take that opportunity. I apologize. And, <laughs> no, you're great because the thing is, the reason we, you know, reached out to you is because, you know, you're, you work with the NFL, but you always, you know, you always pepper your articles with wrestling references. So I'm like, okay, this is clearly a fan <laughs> and, f and fans love to talk about this. So we thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much. By the way, um, one of my favorite things I've ever done at the NFL network was just reading a highlight for George Kittle and making references to all members of the elite. Yes. <laughs> There's a video out there. Like there was a video clip of it and I tweeted it out and our social media manager was like, why does this stupid video have over <laughs> a half million views? What is happening? <laughs> why, what are you doing? And this kid named Owen, Owen Reynoldson, who works on our social media team was like, explained it to this person. Like, Oh no, listen, like this is a reference to hangman page. This is, a reference to Cody Rhodes or whatever. Brandy was upset that I didn't mention her or Pharaoh. So the next time I was on Good Morning Football, I did sneak those in. But but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's something that I'm always passionate about. And again, I'm taking up too much of your time. But I do appreciate you having me on. I hope to uh, do this again sometime soon. And uh, thank you so much. Yep. Thank you. you. You're welcome back anytime. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Rank of NFL.com and NFL Network. Thank you so much, Adam. We appreciate it. Thank you.